Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have Dr. Tiffany Wright with us. She has her PhD and is also known as the Skinny Coach. She's an internationally recognized health advocate and weight loss expert. She lost 100 pounds over a decade ago and has helped hundreds of others do the same. She is also the founder of the Sugar-Free Initiative, a coalition of experts addressing the issue of sugar addiction. She is dedicated to the study of behavior and weight loss with an emphasis on controlling compulsive overeating behavior. Combining her studies of obsessive dieting and compulsive overeating, along with continuing academic research on how certain foods cause uncontrollable cravings, Tiffany developed the Skinny Coach Solution, which utilizes a whole foods diet with a set of coaching methods developed through her studies on behavioral modification and personality motivation. I love that bio. Welcome, Tiffany. Welcome me. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so glad that you're here today. I thought, I thought we could start with you telling us a little bit about, I know you have an own, your own personal story here and your own journey. So I thought we could start by you telling us, you know, about that. Sure, sure. I mean, every, I, I have this on my, uh, my skinny coach page. Everybody likes the before and after. That's everybody's favorite. So my before story, I was overweight my whole life. My mom, my mom, my grandma, my mom has six aunts, six sisters. They're all fat. Everybody in my family was overweight, including me. And my dieting started when I was eight. I started going to Weight Watchers with my mom. And frankly, it was, uh, it was I mean, I was an eight-year-old girl going, you know, once a week to hang out with my mom was kind of awesome. So we went to Weight Watchers. Actually, it was tops for older women. They'll know, but it's the same as Weight Watchers. You have a little book and you go and you weigh in and it's red if you, you know, gained weight and it's black if you lose weight. And so we would do that every Monday night. And whether we gained weight or lost weight didn't matter. We always went to Thrifty's drugstore um, and we'd have a patty melt, which you may or may not know is not just, you know, fried hamburger, but it's fried onions on fried bread with cheese. So that doesn't, that's not just a regular hamburger or cheeseburger. So we'd have these patty melts and then we would split the Sunday because, you know, we're on a diet after all. So you can imagine how well, you know, Weight Watchers worked out for me. <laughs> I went through um, years and years and years. In fact, um, I was 28 when I started my program. So 10 years and I wasn't a yo-yo dieter, uh, never had success losing weight. Um, just tried every single diet on the market, but it just never lasted more than a day or two. I remember spending a bunch of money in Ginny Craig, um, the diet and getting all the, you know, you had to buy the food. I don't know what it's like now, but you have to buy the food and, you know, you have the little meeting in person with the diet and um, coach, 
you know, which I have a lot to say about diet coaches, by the way. And in the parking lot of the Ginny Craig, I walked across the parking lot and went to the Wendy's. So it didn't even last me an hour, you know? So no diets worked with me and I tried them all. Um, and then when I was 28, I was just finishing up my PhD and my expertise, um, I had an expertise in psychometrics, which is the numbers part. And in psychology, most psychology PhDs, they don't like the numbers and it's a lot of numbers. So I would often get asked for help. And I was helping a colleague who worked in uh, with alcoholics. And so we were talking about it a lot and she was an overweight girl too. And she said, I wish we were uh, alcoholics because then we could just stay away from bars, but we can't stay away from food. And I had said that before. I've known other overweight women who have said that before. I still heard that today, people saying that. But for some reason that night, um, it just clicked for me. It's like, wait a minute, it's not all foods. You know, I'm not up all night binging on zucchini. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, sit in front of the TV eating 16 ounce steaks after 16 ounce steaks. Right. So I wrote down a list of what I was overeating on, you know, like an alcoholic, they, they drink too much alcohol. You know, what was I eating too much of? And I wrote it down and everything on that list had sugar or flour or both. So it just occurred to me um, to try the abstinent model, like the alcoholics. Now this was 28, you know, what is that? 24 years ago. So they weren't talking about sugar-free or abstinence, much less flour. No one talked about this. This was the height of the low fat craze. I mean, this whole business about sugar, you know, they talked a little bit in the seventies, but that's new and it's very new. And talking about abstinence, forget about it. That is so new. People were not talking about this, but it occurred to me because of her to try the abstinent model. And so I did, I just, Everything on that list, I chose not to eat. If it was in the ingredients list, I didn't even know about nutritional labels. I just looked at the ingredients. That sugar flour wouldn't eat it. And it lasted a day. And then it lasted two days. And then it lasted three days. And before you knew it, I had lost 100 pounds. And it's been 24 years. I have not had a bite of sugar or a bite of flour since then. And um, I'd say about... Mm, 15 years ago is when I started really uh, getting my program written, written down and started my business. Um, what I noticed was I was helping, you know, friends, family, you know, I want to do your diet. I want to do your diet. And I'd help them, but it never worked for them. I would tell them exactly what I was, you know, eating and what I was needing and they weren't able to stay on it. And so that's, you know, given my PhD um, and, my knowledge about kind of behavioral um, methods, I knew that was the problem. I, you know, in neurobiology, I knew the problem was that they just, it didn't click for them. They couldn't just do it, you know, on their own. So that's why I developed the skinny coach solution, which is the diet, right? But it's also the kind of behavioral mechanisms and, uh, and um, methods to get people to be able to rewire the brain and stay on the plan. And so that was about 15 years ago. And I've been um, helping women one at a time ever since then. I don't, um, I can talk more about that, but I don't run groups. Um, I don't, you know, 
do what most people do online. I work with my skinny girls one-on-one. We talk on the phone every day. I mean, this is serious, you know, work that has to be done. And, and we, and I do it that way. Yeah. So that's kind of my story. Yeah. That, thank you for sharing. That's amazing to have a hundred pound weight loss. And like you said, to really do it on your own in a time where there wasn't a lot of support around that, you know, the whole sugar-free movement, like you said, is pretty new and just knowing by instinct that you needed to be abstinent. And then that's what finally clicked for you. But I'm sure that was really difficult, especially, you know, being living with your family, that sounds like maybe they didn't have the best eating habits. Sometimes it's hard being that one person that's trying to do something different. Were they? Well, I was an adult by then. Yeah. Right. So I was 28. Yeah. Um, So I didn't have the family issue, but my girls still have this problem today. Even given everything we know, people do not like the idea of abstinence. They like the idea of moderation. Mm -hmm. It's the most ridiculous diet notion I've ever heard of. Have you ever once in your life heard anyone tell an alcoholic, oh, well, if you stop drinking it altogether, you're just going to want it more. Oh, you can't stop drinking champagne. That's not sustainable. What about New Year's Eve? No one says that, you know, but... They cannot stand the idea of abstinence with food. You know, they just rail against it. I mean, it's, it's, they hear it more now. So I have less of a, you know, I like to actually, I'm so old. I can say I was a pioneer because I I broke the way, but I used to have to just spend, I can't tell you how much of my business was spent introducing the idea of abstinence. Now that's people get it, but they still wrap, they still fight against it. No yeah. one likes the idea of forever or no, they want to be able to moderate, which is the whole point. If you could moderate, you wouldn't be fat, right? Yeah. And I always say, you know, for me, cause I tried moderation for years and years because who wants to give it all up if you're being told you don't have to. So I kept going back to moderation and yeah, it never worked for me. And I have to say moderate, moderating was much harder for me. Oh. Than- ever was so So much harder yeah I always say that to people now like that are like why don't how do you not and like it's so much easier actually just to eat this way I don't white knuckle anything it's just my new way of eating yeah talk a little bit about your skinny coach solution and how you work with clients okay so there's the diet and then there's the psychological rewind so I'll start with the diet um So the skinny coach diet is sugar. First of all, it's sugar and flour abstinent, which means we don't eat anything with sugar or flour in the ingredients. And there's like a hundred names for sugar. So if you're going to ask me, is honey sugar? Think about that for a minute. Is honey sugar? Of course, honey sugar, right? Anything, you know, anything that ends in OSC. I mean, there's a, there's a hundred names. They're all over my website. It's in my books, whatever, but anything that has sugar in it, I don't care if it's a third ingredient or it's the 300th ingredients. I don't eat it. Same with flour. Yes, I mean brown rice flour. Yes, I mean chickpea flour. Any kind of flour you want to talk about, I mean that flour. Um, And I'll explain that. Um, So first, the diet is sugar and flour abstinent. But it's also eating the right foods in the right combinations. Because I do not advocate a low-carb diet. Um, or a low calorie diet, or it's not a low fat diet. 
you know, we eat potatoes, we eat uh, quinoa, we eat rice, and I'm talking about twice a day. You know, we eat all the fruits, all the vegetables, we eat dairy. Um, one of the reasons I have such a high success rate is it's very sustainable. If you tell women they can never have a potato again, they're not going to stay on your diet. You know, um, people, women like to eat potatoes and they like to have their carbohydrates and they need them. You need them for brain function and to operate your body properly. In my opinion, I know everyone has their own diets. So, but if you're going to have the potato, this is what I meant when I said you have to eat the right foods in the right combination. If you're going to have the potato, you have to have it with enough protein and enough volume of food to slow down the release of the potato, the glucose from the potato. And what I mean by that is when you eat food, um, carbohydrates specifically, it converts into glucose. It goes to your body. Your pancreas releases insulin. Insulin's the master hormone. It regulates all your hormones, which by the way, if you're going through menopause, that's what's coming up right now. But if you, if you eat too much sugar, too many carbs, if you do it over long periods of time, or if you just get older, you know, the insulin receptors on your cells start to become more resistant. Just like you start getting wrinkles, just like you start getting gray hair, your insulin receptor cells age too, but they don't age just from number of years. They also age if you've abused them. And when these insulin receptors get resistant, they're, the insulin's not able to effectively convert the glucose into energy. Remember in, in high school chemistry, a calorie is a unit of energy. Well, what makes it into energy is the insulin pushing it into the cells. But as you know, if you've abused food, if you're a food addict, your, your body's not able to do it anymore. So um, it, when it can't push it into the cells for energy, it converts it into visceral fat for later. And that's the fat that surrounds your belly. So if you have belly fat, that's one of the highest indicators that this is your problem versus just not eating the right things or uh, just having a baby, you know, things like that. So if, if you eat a potato by itself or if you eat a piece of fruit by itself, it's going to convert into glucose quick, really quick. It's going to go through your system immediately. And if you have a weak um, insulin receptors, it's not going to be able to convert it. So it'll store it as fat. But, you know, this isn't intuitive. If you eat that potato with a steak and a bunch of vegetables, then it slows down the release of the glucose and it slows it down enough so your body can convert all of that meal into energy and none of it into fat. So it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, it's, it's ridiculous the difference. It's like you can have something that's 500 calories, like a Snickers bar that's 500 calories and almost all of it's gonna turn into fat. Or if you eat a good meal that's like a thousand calories, none of it's turned into fat. It so isn't calories in, calories out. I mean, at some fundamental level it is, if you literally starve a person to death, yes, they will, they will get super skinny, right? So at some level it is true. But um, if you're over 40, it's not true. It just isn't. Um, your body's a very complicated, complicated uh, machine with all kinds of biochemical reactions happening. You know, so what you eat and how you eat is, it, it is important. Now, low carb diets do work the same way, right? You don't, you're not, you're, by not eating a potato, you're not having too much glucose either. 
right? But it's overkill. You can have the potato. You just need it to eat it with, an, with enough protein, fat, and, and volume to slow down the release of the glucose from the potato. So um, that, uh, that's kind of like the diet. So it's the portion. So we don't count calories. Uh, we don't count grams or what are the microns or what, macros, none of that. Uh, the only thing we do is weigh and measure. So it's, a, yeah, so that's how you keep that combo together. So it's a certain amount of like, for instance, our dinners are a protein of uh, a grain and two vegetables, two, two servings of vegetables. So as long as you have those servings proper, then, then that food is gonna be converted. And the average weight loss is eight to 10 pounds a month. And that's true the first month as it is true the last 10 pounds, which is really phenomenal. Um, this is a biochemical rea reality to this. If you're eating properly, your body will naturally, if you're overweight, lose about 10 pounds a month. That's the healthy, natural way if you're eating properly. And it doesn't matter if you're 10 pounds overweight or 100 pounds overweight. My girls, I, I have them on both, both ends. Not many 10 pounders, but I've had them, but 20 pound or 30 pound only to lose and 300 pounds. And the big ones don't lose any faster. And the ones that were almost there, it doesn't slow down. It's about eight to 10 pounds a month. It's, it's phenomenal. That's you know? amazing. What about, I'm curious, as I think I know listeners are probably curious about yeah. wine or alcohol. Is that? Yeah, good question. So um, first of all, I haven't got into the second part, but I was going to ask you to have questions on the first part. So on the active phase of the diet, where before you go into maintenance, we don't drink alcohol. And the reason is because alcohol causes cravings and it will, two things, it causes cravings and it'll keep your body from losing weight. But this is gonna shock you and your listeners. Actually, alcohol won't make you gain weight. I'm not talking about beer. Beer, you'll get a beer belly. Have you ever seen a fat alcoholic on the street, you know, in the home, on the homeless in the streets? No. It, it, alcohol calorie is different. There's a fat, fats, carbohydrates, protein are all three distinct kinds of calories. And alcohol is yet another one. And it doesn't convert the same way. It doesn't go through the same process. So it won't make you gain weight. So once you're on maintenance, you, you can drink. Um, but the, the, tri the reason why, because it won't make you make, gain weight, the, the problem is until I'm done with you with the second part of the program, which is the psychological rewiring, if you get those cravings, you'll go back and you'll start eating the sugar or the chips or whatever again. It's not until I've got your brain set and there's not a chance in hell you're ever gonna eat that stuff. You can, have, you can have a few cravings and you're fine. Like when I drink, I drink. And when I drink in the morning, still to this day, 24 years, I haven't had a pancake. Still to this day, I wake up wanting pancakes. You know, it's my body's craving from that extra glute sugar, right? And it's always the same. I always want pancakes and I want them so bad when I drink. And, but I know that, well, if I have my skinny girl smoothie, I'll be fine. And I am, as soon as I have that smoothie, I'm fine. Um, but it's because I've had the training mm -hmm. that I can do that. So that's the answer to your question. God forbid, give up sugar, flour, and alcohol. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And what about, uh, sounds like, do you do 
what about snacking? I get a lot of questions about that too. So, yeah, so my program, it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and one snack, but the snack is at night. That's that's another one of the issues with making it a program people can stay on. I don't think you had you have a snowball's chance to get you know large groups of large women who have eating problems to stop eating at six p.m. I'm sorry, that's a great eating tip for you know yoga skinny mini girls. People who have eating issues, they don't want to stop eating at six, so we have a nighttime snack for them. But we don't eat between meals. And I've got a whole thing to say about that if you want to hear. Yes, please. (laughs) So um, it's kind of American specific. You know, in other countries, they don't eat all day. They have three meals, not even the snack at night. You know, in France or Italy, uh, uh, their kids don't have a snack before lunch and a snack when they get home from school. This is a, this is a thing Americans do. And this nonsense that people in the diet industry have have said about keeping your metabolism going it's not true it's just isn't true your metabolism doesn't stop because you're not sticking more food in it not only that if you're eating every few hours um that's every time you're eating it's another opportunity to be overeating even if you're eating if you were counting calories or macros or whatever and you were eating the perfect amount for the weight watchers points every time you have that snack that's you know maybe three carrots, you know, you're going to have five. So there's that, but, but more important than all of that is that when you eat, your body uses that food for energy, right? That's the goal. Mm -hmm. So you eat, it uses it for energy. Once your body, when, when you've had a nice meal in about two hours, three hours, your body's used up all that food. The food's been processed. What do you think your food, your body's now using for energy? I mean, you don't collapse when your stomach's empty. So what do you think it uses for energy? It's a quiz. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Fat. Yeah. Yeah. It has to go to the fat stores, right? If you're sticking food in your mouth every freaking three hours, Mm -hmm. how are you ever going to burn the fat? Mm -hmm. You never give your body an opportunity. So snacking is not a good idea, but you know, I'm just not going to tell girls they can't eat from six o'clock till when they get up. No way. (laughs) <laughs> that. Um, I'm just curious now because I, I really am enjoying your view on all of this. Um, what you think about, I know we're off track. We'll get back to where I'm totally we're, fine with that. But I'm curious about uh, just what you were saying. I was you, you had me thinking about intermittent fasting and I'm curious yes. what your thoughts are on that. Sure. I, um, okay. So I am the skinny coach. I run the skinny coach solution, but we but I also have, um, I also own a Facebook group that's a hundred thousand strong um, page and group of menopausal women. And that's how I got introdu- introduced to uh, intermittent fasting because it turns out intermittent fasting is extremely effective for menopausal women. Mm-hmm. It's remarkably successful. Um, I want to say a couple of things about that really quick, I should say at the end, but I'm afraid I forget because I'm in a puzzle. One is that whole intermittent fasting thing. It kind of starts around five hours, four hours. Uh, as soon as your stomach's empty, basically it starts, right? It gets at its peak for women at 14 hours, 14. You hear people saying that, um, 16, 
For women, it's 14. You're not going to get any better results after 14. That's all you have to do. But every time you have a big jump, you know, anything more than a few hours, you're already getting a little benefit, which by the way, is it had occurred to me recently, you know, I have kind of a big, you know, it's a, it's, it's a long time between lunch and dinner for some people. And we, you know, if we were to count calories, it's not a low carb diet. It's not a low calorie diet. My plan, we eat a ton of food right on our, in our meals. And yet people lose so much weight. 10 pounds a month is a lot. If you saw how much food they were eating, I think it's, the, I think it's, I, I've come to think that it's, you know, the, the time periods where we're not having snacks that you're starting into that pro process. Now, back to the main thing. What do I think about it? For hardcore sugar addicts, food addicts, it can be a problem because to maintain something, if you're a food addict, you need to be able to enjoy yourself and be eating. You can't be miserable. You can't be white knuckling. You can't feel deprived at every level. You're an addict. Addicts don't like being deprived of anything, right? Plus your brains change that way. So I'm not a big advocate of intermittent fasting for food addicts or people that are new to my plan. Now, older women, once, you know, older, it could be 45 up, women are menopausal or postmenopausal, even if they're food addicts, they don't feel as hungry. They don't need quite as many calories. So what I do now is we kind of just kind of talk about it per client to see if it works or not. But I'm a, I'm a huge fan as long as it doesn't make you um, binge or go off. You know, if you have a great program that's keeping you off sugar and flour, that's more important than losing weight faster with intermittent fasting, right? So th that's like the most important thing. Intermittent fasting is just like a bonus if it doesn't mess with the thing. Yeah. And I like that approach, even like <laughs> I haven't ever heard that the 14 hours kind of being the max. So I think, yeah, for me, it I know. Works. It still yeah. works after that. Right. It doesn't like there's a can't do any more. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really just good for people to think about. I agree. I don't think if you're trying to just give up the sugar and the flour at first, you know, don't try to intermittent fast on top of it. Now, maybe like I have three years behind me now, if I wanted to experiment a little bit, I could, but I agree too. As soon as I felt like that was triggering me or something, I would back right off, but I kind of yeah. naturally eat in probably about a that 14 hour window. So I am getting the benefits of some fasting time, like you're saying, where we're not snacking between meals all day long. So we actually have time to burn fat, you know? Yeah. Um, so What's yeah. about it is intermittent fasting is not where the profound benefits are, is that it's actually a spot reducer. You know, you've read everywhere. There's no such thing as spot reducing. Turns out intermittent fasting, spot reducing, it actually works on visceral fat in the belly. It's phenomenal. Yeah, that's The amazing. results are just incredible. And especially like you said, for menopausal women, I mean, that's just where a lot of everyone, even if you're not a sugar addict, suddenly, you know, you're more sensitive to those foods and they are just right around the midline. So yeah. and I told you why the, you know, the insulin resistance, by the yeah. way, if someone's listening to this, the menopause, it's on Facebook, uh, menopause matters. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to link that. Cause I think a lot of people would be interested in, in joining that group and getting some of these amazing tips. So when you do the 
I'm just curious with the diet too, do you have a certain amount of time, like before you start doing the second part, you know, with the rewiring the brain, are you kind of doing them together? Are you trying to get them off? Absolutely together, but I'll explain. So the second part of the Skinny Coach Solution is the, the rewiring. So I use a whole set of kind of behavioral techniques, behavioral modification, talk work, psychoanalysis, um, accountability. It's a program that puts them all together to re literally, by the way, I'm not talking metaphorically, literally rewire the neural circuitry of your brain. The details of that, you know, for instance, when, when someone decides they want to be a skinny girl, and I have a whole thing I can tell you about why I use that word and why I call it something, remind me and I'll talk about yes, that. You need to talk about that because you're not meaning it in the way some people yes. might take it. So yes, let's revisit that. Yeah, so I mail them out their books and their workbooks. I don't, it's not online. It's not, it's a hard book and, and workbooks. So I mail them out. Then we have a two hour orientation. And during that orientation, we go through the books. Uh, the, we go through the diet book, which is like, you know, has my story, tells you what to be eating. It tells you what your options are, you know, like any diet book. The workbooks are, are where the work happens. So we start with workbook one, because uh, you have a workbook for every month. And the first thing we do is we come up with seven breakfasts, seven lunches, seven dinners, seven snacks that work for you, for your family, for your work life. If you like to eat every meal out, that's fine, it turns out. If you're a gourmet cook, that's fine too. If you like everything kind of pre-made, you know, like already chopped up from Trader Joe's, that's fine. The, the, the point is we're doing it together because if I sent you like all these online health, put that down to talk to me about too, is the coaches thing, mm -hmm. you know, oh, and I offer a 30 day meal plan. I guarantee you that 80% of the women that get that 30 day meal plan won't like more than 10 of them. And that's on a good day. You know, it has that's to be really for, true. yeah, it has to be for you, mm -hmm. what you like, what works with you for you. So we do that together. Um, that's a cognitive behavioral technique. That's one, you know, and what it does is it makes you prepared and ready. You never have, you don't never have to look on someone else's menu. You never have to go say, oh, I know I can eat a protein and a grain, but you know, what should I, oh, let me look at the cookbook or what do I have? You have them written down. We make a grocery list all the way down to what aisle in the supermarket, you know, like dairies together, meats together. So you can go to the store in 30 minutes, have everything you need for a full week in your refrigerator. Another cognitive behavioral technique, meaning um, techniques that make it so you can stay on the plan, right? Long enough for me to rewire your brain. It just makes it easier, right? Now you have the groceries. Um, in the book, the workbook, there's a page for every day that you're on plan. So with my, this is, uh, with my plan, we write down what we're going to eat ahead of time. It's not a journal. Who cares what you ate if you already ate it? you know, we're going forward. So we plan the night before, you know, uh, every night my skinny girls sit down and they figure out what they're going to eat the next day. And it's all fill in the blank. So it's, you know, the right amount of protein to grains, to vegetables, to fruits, super easy. So they write it in and now they know when they wake up what they're eating, they never have to think, oh, how do my points fit? Or, oh, what am I going to, you know, have today? What works? It's already written down. Now things change for sure. They change less now with COVID, but things change and we have a method for things to change. But in general, you know what you're doing the next day and you don't need to change it. 
if you wrote down you were going to have steak, broccoli, and potato, I don't care if you don't feel like steak. You wrote down steak. If you feel like chicken, you can have it tomorrow. You know, we can't go on your feelings. Your feelings got you fat. You planned it. It's in your refrigerator. You wrote it down. That's what you're having for dinner. Again, there's ways to change things if you need to. Husband comes home and say, oh, I want to go out to dinner. Fine, you can change it. But not because you feel like it, right? So now you have your plan. You know what you're eating the next day. The next step with um, this is all my skinny girls and my manly men. Uh, they write me their commitment email. And in the commitment email, they're telling me what the, there's a few things in it. Um, there's a gratitude journal, because hello, everyone knows that works. There's some exercises um, to help you get at some of the underlying issues. But let's stay simple here. Um, you write down your menu, what you wrote in your book, you write it to me. And I developed a self-hypnosis kind of mantra that they type out and they say out loud every night. It goes something like, I commit to you, my skinny coach, and I commit to me, my skinny self, to eat the following foods tomorrow and not one other bite. And as long as I do, I'll be skinny forever. And it's, and they write that down every night and it's absolutely 100% true. And getting that belief in their head, you have it because you've been doing it for three years, getting that belief in their head is the crux of the entire rewiring because it's absolutely true. If you eat those foods that you like, that you picked, that work for you in your schedule, that you wrote down in your book and that you prom that you promised me your coach who you paid a bunch of money to and you promised yourself your skinny self what is your skinny self let's say it's to be able to not take diabetes medicine or maybe it's so you can play with your grandkids or maybe it's so you can wear that size six black dress on uh, new year's eve with your glass of champagne whatever your skinny self is you promised her and if, and if you don't take one other bite than that today, just today, you only promise for today. If you don't take one other bite besides what you wrote down, you will 100% do it. You will 100% weigh 135 pounds, be in size eight, whatever your story is. Absolutely, fundamentally true. It's all about that first bite. It's all about the first bite. There's no occasion. I've been through my own wedding my daughter's wedding. I've traveled all over the world, remote places in India, Italy, France, you know, Brazil, all over the world. I've been in every possible scenario you can imagine between me and my skinny girls, you know, and I never had to take that bite, you know? So getting that through their head is what our daily calls are all about. So they commit to that. But what happens is, even if you have the perfect diet, which I think the skinny coach solution is, you know, even if you're eating enough food, even if you're losing weight, even if you don't have cravings, and you won't, by the way, I always get sidetracked. Sugar's out of your system in eight hours. There's no such thing as sugar withdrawals. We, you know, you have psychological withdrawals because you want it, but physically, sugar's gone in eight hours. You won't have cravings. You, you can have psychological cravings, but you won't have physical cravings, you know? So, no cravings, all that. Even if all of that's true, people still fall off diets. Why? Um, you know, they have life. They have husbands. They have work. They have kids. They have 
you know, debilitating illnesses, they have travel, there's all kinds of things that happens in your life where your brain is wired to eat the food. Um, so that's why we have the phone calls. And this is probably the, 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 the thing that differentiates the skinny coach solution from any diet I've heard of. My skinny girls can call me anytime they want and it's not scheduled. Mm. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, how can that be? She must have people calling all day long. No, it's that it's not true. They're not caught. First of all, I only I take a maximum of five new skinny girls a month. That helps. But the phone calls don't take an hour. You know, like you go to a therapist or you have coaches, you know, you have this, you know, situation where on Wednesday you talk for an hour. Well, what if you're having that craving at 8 p.m. while you're sitting in front of the TV and a commercial for McDonald's happens? You need to be calling me then. And when you call me, those calls, they don't take an hour. They take less than five minutes and I can get you over the, 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 the you know, over the hill or whatever that's called. So it's really about availability at the moment. Why? Because you have the brain, my skinny girls have the brain of an overweight person. They have a brain at a physiological level. They have the addiction, but they also have the thinking process, right? The, the, the thinking uh, like an overweight person. And they have to be trained, taught, mentored, coached, whatever word you want to use to think differently. Because the way they think, how, how the hell is a fat person going to talk a fat person out eating a Snickers bar? It's not, you know, they don't know what to think, right? So basically what I do is I model behavior for them. So I'll say, you know, I'd have to be on a call to make it, to give you an example, but let's, okay, let's see. Let's say you're in front of the TV and a commercial for Pizza Hut comes on and you've been doing fine. You already had your snack. You're not hungry, but you're just, now you want that pizza that your kids had today, which you didn't eat, but it's in the fridge right now. It's calling to you. So she'd call me and I'd say, Hey, how, how's it going? Skinny girl? She says, I'm, I'm dying for that pizza. Now, remember, I know my skinny girl story, so I'll give you a real situation. Okay, that's fine. Why are you craving that pizza? You're bored. You're sitting in front of TV. Your brain's been triggered because you've seen the commercial. So the area of your brain called the nucleus accumbens is where addiction lies. It's where cigarette smoking, alcohol, cocaine, food, it's all in the same area. And when, you're, when you've abused food for a long time, your brain has learned that if I'm bored, lonely, tired, upset, if I eat this food, I'll feel better, you know? And it will feel better. If she, if you go eat that pizza right now, I'll call her Barbara. Barbara, if you go eat that pizza right now, you will feel better immediately because you'll have a huge rush of dopamine. It'll be, you know, and your brain knows it because you've fed it over and over. And every time you ate that pizza, when your brain thought that, you, your neural dendrites got thicker and stronger because you fed them with dopamine. So that area of your brain is really thick and strong. And so it, once it's triggered, you have to have it. And you can't actually uh, think at a critical level. You can't access your frontal lobes at this point because that nucleus accumbens, it's a, it's a deeper part of your brain and it's been activated. So you, you know, research has shown that you can't even talk yourself out of it. So I'm here to talk you out of it. So I'm going to ask you, would you rather have that pizza right now? Or now remember, I know Barbara, by the way, so I know what she wants. Or do you want to be able to get on the on the floor and play with your grandkids? 
you know, and Barbara might say, I, you know, I really want the damn pizza. And I'll say, that's fine. Okay. Let's think about this. You can have the pizza. It's going to make you feel better. Or would you rather get off that diabetes medication? Oh man. Yeah. I really, I really should get that diabetes, but I don't feel like she's convinced. So I'm like that pizza, you heat it up in the microwave. It's going to be gooey and greasy and so yummy. And when you eat it, you're going to feel so good. You want that? Or do you want to be able to wear that size eight dress that you bought to go to uh, Greece next month? Oh, I forgot about Greece. Yeah, you're, yes, I'm over it. I don't want the pizza anymore. I'm good. I'm good. You know, and then we talk about some other things, uh, techniques you can do at the moment, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the, the, I, the thing is, it literally is like that. Once you, once you um, move the brain from the nucleus accumbens, from that trigger, once you move it into your frontal lobes where you're truly thinking at a rational level, the craving's gone. The problem is you can't, you can't access your frontal lobes on your own because you're stuck in the middle of the addiction. That's why alcoholics have sponsors, right? Mm -hmm. And you call sponsors at the moment, not next week in class, right? So um, now what happens is, and this is the rewiring. So I, 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 I was talking to Barbara, I told you how the nucleus accumbens works and the frontal lobes. And this ties into skinny, calling my girls skinny uh, girls and my men manly men. When you pull, when I pull her out of the nucleus cumbus into the frontal lobe, right? What happens is every time she writes down her commitment statement, every time she stays on plan, every time she has successes, every time we have a call it like that, a little bit of dopamine or neurotransmitters are being released in the frontal lobes too. Not as much as the pizza, but some. And th that thinking and all these activities are associated in one part of the brain. Now there's no skinny girl part of the brain, but it is in the uh, prefrontal cortex. And all of a sudden those neurotrans, those um, neural dendrites are getting fed by the, the dopamine over and over day after day till that part of your brain gets thicker and stronger. So it, two things. One, it is important to have a name for it because you're not just not, you know, you're not just not eating sugar and flour. You're becoming a person who doesn't eat sugar and flour. And this is critical. You're not just on a diet where you don't eat sugar or flour. No, 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 no. You're becoming a different person, a person who's a skinny girl, a healthy girl, a woman who's in control of what she puts in her mouth. So you're becoming someone else. And literally in the brain, they're all the activities we do release the neurotransmitters in that part, just like a musician has a part in, in their brain that's thicker and stronger, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's why I call it something. I'll, I'll tell you later why you know people have problems skinny, but it doesn't matter what you call it. It matters that you call it one thing though, right? And that, so you're associating it. Mm -hmm. So what else is happening? You didn't eat the pizza. So that part, this is why abstinence is so critical. You didn't eat the pizza. So that part of your brain and the nucleus accumbens, it didn't get fed because you didn't give it any reinforcement, right? So over a long period of time, and it has to be total abstinence. Every time you mess up, it's intermittent fasting. That's a whole nother topic. You don't want to do it. But it's, if you're abstinent long enough, it, you, it takes... A, it takes quite a long time, many, many months. Um, that area of brain starts to atrophy. That connection starts to atrophy. 
And that's how you get to where I'm at and how where you're, where you're at. You know, you just don't want it, right? Mm-hmm. You told me that already. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. yeah. You don't white knuckle. No. You don't sit there looking at the pizza thinking, oh my God, I want it. You just don't want it. And people who are listening to this cannot believe that's true. It's a hundred percent possible if you rewire your brain because you you've lost the addiction's always like dormant right it's always there if i started eating sugar again i would be fat within probably two three years maybe it wouldn't happen overnight you know i wouldn't i don't think i'd start binging immediately be slow process with that first bite you know but i would eventually so it's in dormant but you you get to a point where you think like a skinny girl you just don't eat that it's like think about uh vegetarians you know they're not sitting around thinking oh man i wish i could have that hamburger you know they're vegetarians they just don't eat hamburgers or a a jew i'm jewish you know i don't we don't think sit around oh i wish i could have those pork ribs man we just don't eat pork ribs it's just that simple being a skinny girl means you just you just don't eat that. And that's that's the the gift and the blessing is to get to the point where you don't want it. I know it's impossible to believe, but it's totally, totally possible. As long as you don't take that first bite. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that. My mantra actually that I kind of made up on my own was that I don't eat that anymore. I just don't. That's how I got through. I just kept saying that anytime. And now it has become so automatic. And that is just true for me now, like you're saying, like a vegetarian, yeah. like, I don't eat a hamburger. I'm just like, yep, I don't eat sugar and flour. Yeah. Just- Question, how did you come up with that mantra? Did you hear it somewhere? Did you read it somewhere? Did it just come to you or you don't? It just came to me, but actually from kind of a parenting book, because I, you know, I have a five and seven year old and they were younger when I started this. And it was kind of talking to the kids that way. Like in our house, we don't fight. We just don't, or whatever you're saying in our house, we don't. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Now listen to this. It's so exactly right. You were reading a parent's book that was teaching you how to be a parent, right? So you took something and a piece of information that you didn't have in your own brain as an overweight person and you said oh this is how a thin person would think yeah and you utilized it right because your fat brain never occurred to your fat brain to say that so you got the information you know and that's what i'm trying to say through coaching being taught being mentored in this case it was being mentored through your eyes as a student of uh, to be a parent, but still right. it's just getting this outside uh, language, the language of how to deal with things. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you how often I hear, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Of course you haven't, you have a fat brain. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another one, something like um, when my skinny girls are hungry, I would say, oh, congratulations. That's so awesome. It means you're losing weight. Yeah, what? <laughs> No one ever lost weight when they were full and burping and farting and unbuttoning their <laughs> pants. Never. If you're hungry, I don't mean starving, obviously. No one's starving on my plan, trust me. But if you're hungry, that's freaking great. That's your body saying, ooh, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat that fat right now. And yeah, just to I love think that. Of that way, you know? Yeah, it's a great perspective that you can provide, like you said, since your yeah. brain has been rewired to yeah. think these things. Yeah. And so it's all about that. Two part process, the diet, and then 
um, the brain rewiring, how long do you, you typically work with clients? Do you have, in case someone's listening and wants to work with you, do you have like a minimum amount of time to right, work together? Yeah, that's another good question. Um, I'm very, very unique in this way. Again, I've never seen anyone do it the way I do. I don't have memberships. I don't have monthly fees, nothing like that. Everyone pays one fee and it's for life. I'll explain. <laughs> but um, it doesn't matter if you have 30 pounds to lose or if you have 300 pounds to lose. Everyone pays the same amount. And, um, and it's for life, meaning this. So on my plan, you're following the diet plan and you're also writing me every night and calling me every day, right? So for a person who has 30 pounds to lose, that's about three months, right? And a person who has 300 pounds to lose, that's a few more months, right? So in, in that sense, it takes less time, but maintenance only happened. And I've only had one person who had 300 pounds. Most of them were between 30 and 100, 30 and 60. But um, everybody's the same in terms of the rewiring. The rewiring takes months and months. So I would say, a minimum before I really can say someone's got it, they're a skinny girl in their head, put the weight aside. It's about five to seven months, depending on the kind of work they do. But just following it, calling, keeping that up, it's about five to seven months where they're feeling really solid. But you have to have both. You have to have the weight off and you have to have, it's called psychological integration where uh, they don't need to call me every day and talk to me because they're a skinny girl now, right? When both of those things happen, they go on maintenance. And on maintenance, they don't have to call me and they don't have to write me. It's lifetime because they can if they want. Mm -hmm. So some people, I have people who've been on for, well, I have one gal, she's been on 12 years and she still writes me every night. <laughs> the menu, right? It's, uh, most people uh, check in you know, a couple times, you know, because I get to know I'm talking all the time, right? So they'll check in you know, a couple times a year, three or four times a year. But um, everyone does the lifetime in a different way. The point is, it doesn't matter how long it takes you. You know, no, you don't got it after three months when they think they can go do it on your own because it's, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, so. It, 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 it varies for everybody how long it takes, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Once you're a skinny girl, you're a skinny girl for life. I'm in it with you. I don't give up. So it's going to happen unless you, you know, tell me I never want you to call me again. And no one ever does that. <laughs> so that's, that's amazing to offer that kind of, you know, partnership with people yeah probably just really gives them the confidence that I knowing that they can always count on you so yeah, yeah. um we're about out of time here okay. I want to know more about how if people want to work with you how do they contact you first of all uh well skinny coach anything on okay. Facebook on my website skinnycoach.com tiffany at skinnycoach.com so and we'll make sure um, to link all those always find me that way that the, the best, I mean, the, the most traditional way is you go onto the website and there's a place to take a quiz, you take the quiz, then you have an opportunity to schedule an appointment with me. And that's when we go through basically the stuff we went through today and then the cost and everything. Um, 
but you can also just send me an email or you know through Facebook. There's any number of ways you can get through to me. But the first step is us having that phone call. Um, I would say about between 50 and 70% of the people I have that first initial phone call with, I, I move them to an, I say, no, this isn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. So that that's critical. I mean, if I'm only taking, you know, a minimum amount of people a month, it has, I have to know they're ready. I have to know it's a good fit for them. I have to want to work with them, you know? So I'm pretty good at it now. I can tell who's going to be successful and who's not. And if I don't think they will be, I just, you know, send them on a different path. And do you sometimes tell them, this is what I need you to do and then call me back and you'll be ready, <laughs> you know, so they kind of know or? No, what do you mean? Well, I was just thinking if, you know, because I bet sometimes Oh, if I say no to someone, what yeah. would make you say yes? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I haven't because I don't know why I've not done that. I usually tell them, you know, I think, okay, I'll give you examples. So someone might be, I live in LA and word of mouth gets around. I've worked with some celebrity kinds. So it might be someone who uh, had a baby mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Went, and, and no, you don't need me. I work with food addicts. You're, you gained some weight because you're pregnant. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's okay. You know? Try, you know, one of those whole 30 things or go to Weight Watchers or just cut back or, you know, and I, and I might share the diet with them and say, just follow it on your own. But they have, they have no pattern of being a food addict. I don't want them to go take the steps to become one. Exactly. Just yeah, good. <laughs> well, um, and I also want to ask you, cause we, you know, I started the skinny, we, you kind of defined it, but just so people, yeah, define what you mean when you say right. skinny. So I define what I did explain is why I call it something. Now, mm-hmm. why skinny? Completely marketing. I'll tell you what it really means for me, but you'll never, any, everyone listening to this, I don't care if it's five years down the road, you'll remember skinny coach. You'll yeah. remember that, you know, people, people, uh, they used to fight me on it. Now they don't because people like the word skinny, they're skinny jeans and skinny this and skinny mm-hmm. that. So no one actually fights me on that name anymore. Although I used to get a huge backlash. I don't want you calling me skinny coach, but a skinny girl, blah, blah. They love it, you know, but what skinny actually means I'm not skinny. I'm thin, but I'm not skinny by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, skinny means being in control of what you put in your mouth. That's my definition of it. I love that. Yeah. And I explained why, you know, it mm-hmm. works. Women do like it. It works for marketing. It works for the psychology. People like it. That's why they call them skinny jeans. People like it. So those are all reasons, but, but bottom line, that's my made up definition, which isn't the real definition for skinny, but it is for my girls. The skinny coach's definition of skinny girl is a woman who's control of what they put in their mouth. And it's yeah. such a blessing. It's such a gift to be able to control what you put in your mouth. Isn't Amen. it great? God, <laughs> I love what that. What a relief. And then is there anything, I mean, I could talk to you for hours. I have so many other questions. We might need to schedule another um, session. I really appreciate your just no nonsense, direct approach. And I really agree. A lot of the stuff you you said, I agree with as well. And I think a lot of people listening, it will resonate with them. So thank you for being just so honest and candid. But is there anything that maybe you wanted that we didn't get to talk about or any last words of wisdom for listeners? Sure. sure. First thing I want to say is I'm welcome. I'm happy to do a part two. Um, uh, second thing. Oh, 
uh, people, you didn't ask this, but usually when I do interviews and things, they says, you know, do you have any special offers? Um, yeah, I, I always do for interviews and I actually have it going for COVID to um, a discount. So you just have to mention that they heard me on your, your uh, podcast. podcast and they okay. get, I don't negotiate or anything like that, but I do have a, a COVID and an interview discount. Cool. Um, words of wisdom. Okay. I always struggle with this. There's so many things I could say. But one thing I always struggle with is what I'm going to say next, because it sounds like I'm pitching, you know, and and people are so uptight about being sold and pitched anything, but it's just a fact. I'm sorry. If you could lose weight without a coach, without a coach, without a professional, you would have done it by now. If you're still listening to podcasts and buying books and trying to do these programs where you pay $30 a month or you go to Weight Watchers, you know, they don't work. If it was working, you wouldn't still be doing it. You know, um, my the way I operate, I actually believe is the is one of. It's not the only way because I did it without a coach. It's um, a way that a huge majority of the population would be able to to do. The thing that they're missing is having a professional, not someone who got some you know fake certification online or this or that. And I don't know, you know, I should have read your profile first. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've listened to your podcast though, but um, you know, someone who actually has been there is critical and someone who knows the data because you know, you, there's so much misinformation going on and it can do a lot of damage. If you're telling clients they need to eat every two or three hours or, you know, that it's a calorie in, calories out, you know, or they just need to exercise more. You know, if you don't, if you're, if you, if you don't have the actual true information, you can do a lot of damage, especially psychologically. Women hate themselves because they can't control what they put in their mouth. They're psychologically devastated by it. It affects every avenue of their life. You know, it's, it's a precious thing to be working with someone on such an intimate level, you know, it's, it's kind of serious. This is not just a diet. You're an addict. If you're a food addict, it's serious psychological business, you know, be careful who you work with, you know, cut out the sugar and flour is the easy tip. I know it's hard to do, but, oh, and it has to be flour too. See, I could go on forever. Jeez, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a part two. I love it. But thank you so much, Tiffany. This has been really, really wonderful. And I'll make sure that we link all the information below. We'll put a reminder that if they mention Unsweetened Sayo podcast, that they can get a discount with you. So thank you so much for that. And thanks for talking to me today. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember... Life is so much sweeter without sugar.